Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Latch Mama Podcast. For those of you who are joining us the first time, the Latch Mama Podcast is a podcast for the mothers in the trenches of motherhood. Today, we are talking about friendship. Mom friendship, to be exact. And I get to do it with my bestie. You're listening to Latch Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Wirt, busy mom of six and owner of LatchMama.com. Join us each week as we talk about pregnancy, breastfeeding, postpartum, and all things motherhood. Hi, friend. How are you? I'm good. Um, so it's all really interesting. Um, for those of you who do not know, I am currently writing a book on connection in the motherhood space. Basically writing a book on mom friends. Um, and it's all a really interesting journey because I think when I was first approached about the topic, I had this like amazing imposter syndrome moment where I was like, uh, no, I can't write a book about connection to motherhood because I don't have a lot of connection to motherhood and mm-hmm. never had a whole lot of like a whole lot of friends in life. And how am I going to write a book about friendship when I fail at it? I feel like quite a bit, but do I really fail at it? Do I not try at it? Like what, what is the big issue there? So mm-hmm. I am knee deep in writing a book about it and all of the things that divide us and all of the things that pull us together. And, you know, there's a lot of great success that we've seen at Latch Mama and a lot of things that I've witnessed over the past nine years um, and online and off a line, off a line, off a line, off a line, off a line. Um, that really is just really, really cool things and not so cool things to build and to draw from. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you have takes on it? Like, yeah, it's when you make when you say friends. Like I think back, like mm-hmm. I know. I mean, we met recently, in the grand scheme of our life. Like what five yeah. five years ago? But it takes me back to like what real like close close friends have mm-hmm. I had? Because I'm like you in that I was never one. Someone was like, oh, like who are your friends or whatever. It was a small group. Mm-hmm. Like it was always been a very small group. Like one or two that. I to me felt close mm-hmm. um, and I didn't really want <laughs> I don't know I don't know if I needed yeah. or I should have had but you know I have I've had a few close ones and um, there's a couple like my college roommate I'll still mm-hmm. talk to and um, a girl that lives locally that I met when I first moved to Virginia mm-hmm. um, and we'll talk every now and then but we don't often get face to face at all um, and then there's one from high school that I will talk to rarely, um, but we have good conversations when we come back. It's like that feeling that n- time hasn't passed. So somehow that connection and that always intrigues me mm-hmm. because we really haven't been close for years. And then I met you and we have so much in common. Um, oh, hi, friend. And it's just, yeah, it's, just, it's interesting. It's, it's such a huge wide open yeah. topic too. Which but, but I think what needs to be kind of and where the focus of, kind of the book is and where the focus of what we're going to talk about a little bit today on the podcast is what can those true mom friends bring to your life in motherhood that maybe your partner can't or maybe Mm. staying alone and maybe just keeping things online or whatever Mm. like how can your life change if you learn the skills or have the confidence or do the work on yourself enough to go really meet and make those really powerful friendship connections. Um, Because I can tell you that 
my life is completely different than it was prior to the pandemic. And I think that a lot of that has to do with Lindy being in my life. Um, a lot of that has to do with, you know, a couple of years of therapy under my belt too. But I just, I just think that we're not set up as a society for success when it comes to friendship as moms. Um, and I think that there are a lot of reasons for that. Um, but I also think some, some of the things are like working against each other. Does that make sense? So like if you don't have strong support and you don't have a strong village and you don't have strong community, you're Mm -hmm. going to start to feel probably feelings of low self-worth and shame, which are going to be boundaries for connection or boundaries or blockers for connection. Mm -hmm. And it's just this really interesting kind of like path of how do we fix quote unquote fix motherhood how do we get healthier happier moms that are going to lead to happier healthier kids Mm -hmm. if we can't start to figure out how to get the moms the support that they need and the support is definitely societal and like there's a whole bunch of stuff to do there but the support is actually within our own communities and supporting each other and showing up for each other in a way um that is not full of judgment is not full of comparison is truly in a way that we can kind of meet each other in this really kind of vulnerable this is hard for everyone place and I think we try to do that a lot with the podcast and we try to show up for you guys in the same way that we show up for each other um but more than anything I want to inspire people to go out and to try to do this yeah you know on their own I feel like we talked a little bit about it. Maybe it was in the affirmations Mm -hmm. about that immediate postpartum. And not only, you know, you probably, you probably have a couple of friends prior, but you know, are you the only one that now has a child? So what differences do you have there that maybe are working against you? Maybe not. It's Mm -hmm. just a different feeling. Um, And then at that, we talked about that kind of that priorities and how much we put ourselves last Mm -hmm. um, on that list and where we really need, Mm -hmm. you know, that connection and friendship Mm -hmm. almost up at the top, especially in that time. And how do you find those friends Mm -hmm. (laughs) during that time when really the motivation to is really low? Um, But But I, I mean, I struggled I became kind of a hermit and I was, I didn't have friends. I'd moved back to Richmond. Um, and then at that time, the one friend that does live locally now, um, was in Virginia beach. So I really like, I didn't have anybody and I didn't know where to look. And you have this little one that was my sole Mm -hmm. priority of the Mm day. Um, and you just, you put yourself on the back burner. Yeah. I mean, Brene Brown has this really cool quote and I think I probably said it a couple weeks ago on the podcast but it's one I've been really sitting with lately as I've been writing and as I've been kind of exploring this path of of how we bring kind of connection back to motherhood and it says something about you really can't connect with others unless you are connected to yourself Mm -hmm. and I think that there's such a shift in who we are when our kids are born Mm -hmm. and suddenly we're trying to figure out who we are and we're trying to connect with this new person that's inside of us and and I think motherhood brings up childhood stuff I think it brings up our own mother issues and I think that suddenly you're on this path of oh my gosh, who am I? How am I going to raise my children? You know, have things happened in my past that weren't really rad and weren't really cool and have I not worked through Mm -hmm. them? And then suddenly you're trying to connect with yourself. 
but you're also alone in that journey, I think, for a lot of women. And I think it's really hard to then say, hey, you know what, but you need to go out and you need to make friends. I remember after I had after I had Nathan, I mean, my whole world was turned upside down. He was colicky. He was born in the back of the car. I then quit my professional job and I was a stay at home mom. And I was so confused about who I was or Mm -hmm. what direction I wanted to go in or what my life was going to look like moving forward. And it wasn't kind of the transition to motherhood that I expected, but I was asked to help co-facilitate this postpartum circle. And it was with a local LCSW and I only went a couple of times and I don't remember if it was because I was really bad at it and they didn't ask me back or if the whole group fell apart. I want to think that the whole circle fell apart and that was why it ended, but maybe I was just really bad at the facilitation part. Who the heck knows? I shouldn't have been leading anything. I was like super <laughs> postpartum. I think it was like, I think Nathan at that point was like five or six months old. Cause I don't think I, I don't remember bringing him. So maybe he stayed at home with Eric. I don't know. But I remember hearing these like other women's stories and there was no part of me when I was at that circle. And maybe it was because I was facilitating it. I don't really know, but there was never a moment and I just keep thinking back, why on earth was I ever asked to do that? Because Lord knows I was a complete freaking mess. <laughs> this was like before Latch Mama. I don't know. Maybe maybe they knew I wouldn't go unless they asked me to facilitate it. I don't know. Maybe I should reach out and ask somebody at some point. I don't know. <laughs> but it seems like a really terrible idea. Um, but there was never a moment that I was sitting in that circle where I wanted to be friends with anybody. There was never a moment where I was sitting there and wondering if I should ask somebody out for coffee or get together. I didn't want anybody. I didn't. I, no. Nope. Do not walk into my shit show of a life right now. Yeah. No. Yeah. I will sit here and tell you that it's great and everything's wonderful and it's going to get better. <laughs> and I don't, like I said, I don't know why on earth I was picked to do this. But I can tell you that there was not ever a moment that I thought, wow, it would be really cool to have this be something and like hang yeah. out with these people. I don't want to hang out with yeah, anybody. I didn't, I, just, I didn't have the capacity. Yeah. Like, and I think even if I had was put in a room yeah. with someone that I really could potentially connect with yeah. and f- get support from, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even know if I had, I was so tired and overwhelmed mm-hmm. to even have a conversation and it's two ways. So yes, you're going to benefit from a friendship, but you would, you have you to, have give to, to offer, you 100%. have to get into it. And I didn't have that. But I do remember, I think Lennox just turned one or it was like 11 months mm-hmm. and I decided to join American family because like mm-hmm. I just, I wanted to move my body. I was walking around the neighborhood with him in a stroller, yeah. but I've really found that I don't work out very well with my children. And I know some, you know, some women can run with them or whatever, mm-hmm. but I didn't. And I was like, we could do this. He can play in the mm-hmm. child watch or whatever. And there were definitely some days where I would just sit at a table and I wouldn't do anything. But then there were days where I joined some of the boot camp classes and I mm-hmm. started to like, oh, you talk to people? I didn't make friends, but it was like in a group setting yeah. where I did have adult face to face, but it was like a, hey, how you doing? Hey, my legs hurt. Hey, like, like yeah. very but, like, but here's surface level yeah. was not deep connection, but it was a face to face and it got me out of my little hole. Yeah. 
We have a whole um, chapter on the book on like weak connection. We call the weak connection oh. may not be the best word, but, but it was like, like you even even deep. those sur- surface level connections, mm-hmm. even just smiling at the person when you buy your cup of coffee in the morning or whatever, literally mm-hmm. gives you energy to get mm-hmm. through the day and like gives you energy that maybe leads you to the point where you can show up in yeah. a way that does build connection. For those of you who don't know, I mean. Lindy and I's story goes way back and she recently got to read how far back it actually goes. But, um, which is funny because I think we all had to be reminded. I didn't know. It was new to me. Yeah. It was really new. We haven't actually talked about it. No. I think I made her cry though. Uh huh. (laughs) I put it off. I was a little nervous about what was going to be in those pages and I put it off and then I read it and then, yeah. Oh. Anyways, but you guys, you you all can read it somewhere in the book. It'll probably be a paragraph in the book. And it was like eight pages that got sent to Lindy. But literally what took two of the like the most and I would like to say introverted boundary people ever. I mean, the only I don't want to say the only reason because I think that there's some universe pull here at play. But the pandemic and literally looking at each other and saying, we have no idea what we're doing. Lindy had designed a bunch of clothes. We had a warehouse full of stuff. We hadn't gotten inventory in like six months because China had been shut down. And then we knew we weren't getting it for another six months. And we had all of these employees. Like at this point, like I had no concept of grow- growing the company, making money myself. I knew Eric and I were financially okay. My only focus at that point was keeping my employees alive. Cause this was still when we thought like COVID was on, you know, you could yeah. get it from like pumping gas. Um, so, but I had to keep a warehouse open and safe and then I had to keep people employed. And so I remember just like, I mean, I was almost paralyzed. I had a six month old or five month old at the time. Mm-hmm. I would wake up every morning. My stomach would hurt. I was so stressed and Lindy and I just made this decision and I don't even know if we even had a conversation about it that we would just hunker down and we would get the, we we would work together to figure out what we could sell every day to keep the lights on and keep people paid. And then Mm -hmm. people's spouses started losing their jobs and I was just signing them up for payroll and was just like, here, go help fill orders, try to do something. Mm -hmm. Let's build community online. That's when the Latch Mama Love Group was was built. But from a friendship standpoint, it took some intense, extreme vulnerability and fear for us to have what we have right now. And I don't know, my, my guess would be that most really, really true connection, like the stuff that, you know, gets into those places of your heart that haven't seen light in a while or the stuff that really, really keeps you moving on a really terrible dark day. Um, that's the stuff that there has to be that deep vulnerability at some point in those moments of, Mm -hmm. Oh my God, like how, how, how do I do this? How do I get through this? Like Mm -hmm. today has been terrible. The baby's not sleeping. I'm exhausted. I haven't changed my clothes in a week, but you let that person come into your house and care for you or take care of you or whatever. And I think that it's really truly in those moments that we build, you know, lasting Mm -hmm. and meaningful connection. Yeah. And I, I would like to think that that gives you a little bit of a push because I look at same with like the American family, which doesn't seem as deep and meaningful as you know, sitting on that back porch and tackling all that stuff. But I look at that and I, I started that and our current nanny who's Mm -hmm. been with us for five years, we met her there. 
she worked in the child watch that is how that's how we know her yeah so i'd like to think is that taking that step out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. hey i'm just gonna try this terrible i won't go back like you know what i'm saying but you just you don't know what can come of things like they can be a part of your life Mm -hmm. or lead you to the next thing or lead you to the Mm -hmm. next thing and it's it's worth a leap yeah and we we talk about all of the things we're supposed to be doing we talk about the eating right we talk about the exercising we talk about all of the stuff but i think so often connection gets left out of that conversation and if you look at every single happiness study every single one of them there was a major one that just came out from harvard that literally connection Human connection, we are all wired for it. It is the way our bodies were made. It's the way psychologically what what we're supposed to be doing is interacting with one another in hopefully a safe, caring way. Um, but it's what leads to happiness. And I think you look at so many of the statistics and absolutely some of it is, you know, the postpartum depression and anxiety are all diagnosable, you know, illnesses that need, you know, help and and stuff like that. But you look at so much of the disconnection and some of the sadness that happens in motherhood and, and some of the feelings of unworthiness and how much of it can be solved by finding those safe connections and having the confidence to lean into them and get out there. And I am not here to preach that it is easy. And it took literally a worldwide pandemic for me to make a best friend in motherhood. So figure that one out, guys, um, in terms of how much work it took for yeah. me to get here. And now I'm writing a book about it. So, and it takes, it takes me back to the podcast that you shared Mm -hmm. that, you know, some of us had listened to and talked about, um, you know, a little bit off track. We talked about kind of like, like those 12 steps in like Alcoholics Anonymous Mm -hmm. and what that 12th step is and it's helping somebody else succeed. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about how hard it is to reach out and create a connection Mm -hmm. or a new friend, but like there is just something so unique in that is that you both you both mm-hmm. need something, but mm-hmm. you both have something incredible to offer that other person. Absolutely. And there is and I'm not saying it feels, oh, it's so great. I helped somebody. Now I feel all good. But mm-hmm. like it doesn't feel like that. But mm-hmm. in the small ways and mm-hmm. as that like connection progresses, mm-hmm. like there is healing in you mm-hmm. helping somebody else and helping yeah. validate somebody else. Because really, there's a person just like you sitting in some other 100%. home somewhere else, wherever it is that they're feeling probably they feel alone. Similarly. They mm-hmm. feel exactly like you are. I'm the only one going through this. This is never going to end. Like, yeah. And, and I think the the direct quote and we're talking about. Simon Sinek here, but he was talking about how there is a self-help section in every bookstore, but there's not a help other section in every bookstore. And I think that there's a lot to be learned through reaching out and, and helping others and, and really truly trying to find that connection someplace. And I think also there's a whole piece of this that we have to be really, really careful that I don't think face-to-face connection is the same thing as online connection. I think that there are a lot of people who will sit behind a keyboard and be a lot meaner and a lot more judgmental and a lot more confident in what they're saying behind a keyboard. And I think sometimes that makes us afraid of face-to-face connection. I think that we sometimes start to Mm -hmm. equate the two together. Um, And I can promise you that that same person who is saying what they're saying online are very passionate about what they believe 
if they're going to sit with you and you're going to believe something differently than they are, or you're going to have a different narrative, or you're going to have a different thought process, my guess is, is that their words are not going to come out the same way as you read them on social media. And I think we have to be careful because we're not always going to have everything in common with somebody. Mm -hmm. And I think that that limits connection. It makes us afraid of going out and going to a mom's group or approaching a mom on the, on the playground, because what happens if they don't, they don't believe in co-sleeping or what happens if they only feed their kids organic food and you don't and you've seen how passionately people talk about co-sleeping mm-hmm. online or how passionately people talk about their food choices for their kids i can almost guarantee you and i know that there are outside liars to the situation but nobody's going to be quite as passionate in a face-to-face relationship as they're going to be online they're not truly going to be able to probably say the same things that they're putting online to your face. They're going to see you a little bit more as a human mm-hmm. being. They're going to feel your energy and the connection really feels differently. So I don't think any of us are ever going to find the person out there that believes all of the same things we do as parents and they make the same decisions for their kids. Yeah. But I don't think we can be scared of those differences. But I think social media sometimes makes us scared of those differences. Oh, 100%. But I think those differences and those people are probably the people you need most in life. Like, I think they can offer you incredible perspectives, Mm -hmm. journeys Mm -hmm. that led them to choices and beliefs. And I feel like if we would open ourselves up to that and learn and, you know, respect a difference in a choice. We have different choices. Absolutely. All the time. I have no judgment. I don't. You could probably come with me with anything. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, tell me more. Like, I don't. No judgment. But. I just feel like we can learn so much from those. And I think sometimes we shut it off and, oh, I got to find somebody that, you know, we're always on the same page. Like, I just don't think that's going to offer you as much as. I think, yeah, learning. Learning about others. Learning about the magic and how much there is to learn in other people's stories. I will take sitting down with somebody over a cup of tea and hearing their stories in life Mm -hmm. before I would read a book. All day long. And I don't know if that came from traveling the world or just meeting my husband, who is very, very different than I am in a lot of ways, but learning how people have become who they are and really taking the time to understand why they make the decisions Mm -hmm. they make. And some people won't be able to tell you. Some people are making a decision because they read it on the internet or whatever. But for the most part, if we all were to just slow down, and take the time to learn who people are mm-hmm. and learn their stories. I mean, it's exactly yeah. what you just said. Like that is where the growth is personally. That is where the growth is in relationships and connection. And I don't know why so many of us are so scared of doing that. Yeah. You know, I like to like simple topics that we often see discussions back and forth mm-hmm. on, whether it's how you feed your baby, how you sleep, mm-hmm. how your kids sleep, you know, all of those things. And I really, I think there's probably some incredible stories behind you know, mm-hmm. say you are an exclusive breastfeeding mom and, th- you know, then there's a mom with formula. Mm-hmm. Like, how yeah. do you know how she ended up, those parents Absolutely. ended up at the mm-hmm. So You have no idea. No clue. They may be full of shame because they were f- felt forced into something mm-hmm. or they're so upset something didn't work and they ended up here. Mm-hmm. But how amazing would it be to learn about that and embrace that person as a friend? Like, you don't have to be in the same, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know just, there's so much, I feel like. so much to that. Empathy. <laughs> There's empathy, there's education, there's perspective shifts. There's so much. I remember we had an employee at the very early days of Latch Mama and 
she and this is such a it's such a sad story to me from a, a leadership perspective and a growth perspective but this was years and years ago but she pretended that she was breastfeeding her baby for two to three months after she had stopped breastfeeding her baby and then one day a can of formula fell out of her purse at work and I looked at her and she just all of a sudden had tears coming down her eyes and this is when we had like four or five employees and you know part of her story I think and I've learned over the years is that she just wanted to please everyone and she wanted to do the best and she didn't want to let me down and she didn't want to let other people down and if you dig into kind of you know, the way that she was raised and just her desire to always please. And she needed to be told that she was enough, no matter how she fed her baby, no matter how she showed up at work, whether she finished college or not uh, or not. And, you know, I, I look at her today and she's beautiful and great and successful. And I mean, beautiful, I mean, like emotionally growing and changing. And, you know, it's just, it's just so interesting because I think some of our responsibility is on us to be open and to invite those stories. But I think so much of it is also from a place of we're worthy enough to share them and we're worthy enough to tell yeah. them. But I think sometimes some of those really hard stories are wrapped up in so much shame um, that they are hard to tell. Yeah. Um, and I think our, to give our friendship an example, I think the pandemic and that really, really deep vulnerability made it so we needed each other in a way that we could not have predicted we needed like I couldn't have led the company through what we led it through um without it couldn't be getting through what we're getting through right now without our friendship and it's just I think it's a testament to to friendship too but to a face-to-face connection because I remember I mean everybody just went home Mm -hmm. and it was like okay uh and and I don't really know why I mean we worked a lot together and mm-hmm. in the position I am and the owner, mm-hmm. uh, it made, it made sense, but how that happened or mm-hmm. why it was us two or something like that. Um, you know, thankfully I, ha- I had the means. Yeah. I don't know if the kids were in school. I was like, well, I can, I can just go to full-time childcare and we yeah. can get together every day. But, but just a testament to a face-to-face connection mm-hmm. to solve and to mm-hmm. work through things. Um, Cause I don't know if, that could have been done virtually maybe I mean it's yeah. hindsight but no I don't I don't think it could I think it also came from the sense of like we both had a significant amount of children and we both needed help with those children so our bubbles could only have been so tight and so small yeah so I think that it was almost like what's one more person what is you know but yeah. guys Lindy and I were not I mean we weren't not not close but we were definitely not she wasn't who I would call on a bad day. And then I think that there have just been so many things kind of that I've learned. I think we, we tiptoed into it, but, um, you know, she had to ask me for an hour off while we were working together every day for therapy. And then I was just kind of like almost challenged by the idea that she was taking time to do this. And I knew that it was probably good for every human being on the planet to do some sort of work or to have somebody hold a mirror up but to I them. But I never, like, I never, there was no, no pressure. No, absolutely. No. Oh my God. No, this was totally internal competition <laughs> shit. This was like, oh, wow. Like I can't go to the gym right now because it's the pandemic and it's cold outside and I don't want to run. Like, how can I become a better version of myself? <laughs> and I'm like, well, Lindy's doing this cool thing. Like, 
hell, maybe maybe I should try but it too. But you knew it. Like, I mean, Eric had done <laughs> yeah, no, some Eric, work. Yeah. Like, it wasn't new, new It wasn't new. I mean, Eric had done years worth before we got together. And I, I, I truly believe if you have the means to go work on yourself, it is yeah. a ticket to healthier relationships in general. And it's probably a ticket to solving some of this motherhood disconnection stuff. Cause I can walk into well, a to relationship. Start to strengthen those skills and talking to somebody. Hundred, <laughs> oh God. It's <laughs> so hard. Trusting somebody. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think that, I mean, I think so much of so many of us show up to motherhood with so many different things. And then I think it just stirs up everything. And then it just makes us connecting with one another even harder. And, um, but yeah, no. So Lindy was yeah. just kind of like, Hey, I'm doing this. And I was like, okay. And then it took me a good three to four months to be like, okay, I'm going to do it too. And thank God it was easy for me in the sense that I found somebody fantastic right off the spot. And you know, it, it is what it is, but yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know, it's such an interesting, vulnerable journey. And mm-hmm. I just, I wish our friendship on everybody out there, you know. But I also realize as I'm writing this book that it's been a, it, it took something pretty life changing for us to lean into it and get together. And I just think that it doesn't have to be that way, you know, like there are yeah. vulnerable moments in every part of life. But I think without vulnerability, you don't get the strong, true connections that I think carry us all through our hard days. So I don't know what the point of this is other than sharing a little bit of Lindy and I with you guys and inspiring you all to go Join something. Absolutely. If you don't want to do a one-on-one or go knock on some neighbor's door, (laughs) find it. Like, like, like I tried a gym, you know, everyone's doing their own thing, but at least I could see some adults or, you know, and it's maybe you're part of some other groups or things. It's okay to have deal breakers too. Like it's okay to set, limits with who these people are i'm not saying go like hang out with somebody a couple of times it doesn't feel right and push the vulnerability or something like that because that's not always the way it works um i have i have non-negotiables in my my life um in terms of who i feel comfortable right now being Mm -hmm. around um that was my stomach my stomach's doing we're hungry Um, apparently but uh (laughs) but i think that you got to try you know yeah I think you have to try leaning into some stuff. You have to try meeting the wrong people to find the right people. It's kind of like dating. But I can tell you that even if you're exhausted, one of the best ways is not to grab necessarily another cup of coffee. Or if you're on your third cup of coffee and you've been on two walks and you still feel tired and discouraged and overwhelmed, maybe it's connection that's missing. You know, maybe you need to give it a try. Agreed. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. 